1: Hey, good afternoon my fellow Angel fans and all the audience out there listening to me. This is the All Angels Podcast, episode number 6, the 6th installment of this uh, All Angels Podcast. Thank you for jumping on and hitting the play button on whether it be Facebook or any other uh, social media site that you actually clicked on to listen to this awesome show. Cheap plug. Um, yeah, what a interesting week in Angels baseball. Again, uh, uh, before I start getting into all of that, I'll just I'm gonna I'm gonna intro- introduction. I want to start off first before I get going. I want to thank Anthony Henson, Senior, for jumping on the show last week he got on with us and uh it was cool to to hear his thoughts on his uh his first encounter with Angel Stadium and he painted such a beautiful picture man i could just imagine from the pictures i've seen because i'm i'm not uh not old enough to remember Angel Stadium before they enclosed it but uh i've seen pictures and uh the simplicity and the beauty of what Angel Stadium looked like back in the 60s when it was first built and even in the 70s uh the big A was was in left field it was open i think it it looked pretty much open from foul pole to foul pole i think you could see from you know the whole outfield fence from foul pole to foul pole all the way in center left center right right center it was all open and there was nothing behind anything there was no there was just the big a in left field and you could see the freeway in the background and that was it no honda center no uh stub hub building none of that it was just like like anthony said uh orange trees and strawberry fields man what a simpler time and then it was, it was he painted that pretty picture i could just imagine the the smell of the grass and then the, the hot dogs and all that stuff man i'm getting goosebumps thinking about that so anthony thank you for painting painting a pretty picture for us last week getting on here and sharing your thoughts on on your first encounter with Angel stadium and obviously he didn't want to give us his uh his all-time favorite angel but uh he named a few there and um uh, again man i want to nothing but love for uh, mr hanson anthony you you rock but you rock all right and um for all you smart marks out there all you wrestling fans wwe fans listen to the other podcast. My other podcast, a blaze Alfonsky wrestling podcast drops every wednesday night um this under discretion is advised um drop a couple bad words here and there on that podcast but uh you know what it's a wrestling podcast wrestling fans also you who are smart marks and understand how frustrating wrestling can be so a cheap plug on that wednesdays look for it on uh on uh the link on my facebook page or on actually blaze malfunsky on facebook or on twitter at b at b underscore and a and d underscore m underscore podcast on twitter Give us a follow on there. All right, enough of that. This is an all-angels podcast. So, um, nothing, I mean, nothing much has changed in the course of a week. Um, you know, the angels keep, their feet are, their their, their legs are moving, but there, there's just no movement forward, um, but we're still right there, man, and we'll get into it further in the show we're right there and uh, that's what's frustrating about it where we're playing this bad and, and we're still within striking distance but yet it almost seems like we're not gaining ground too you know um, we're gonna talk about that with our hosts or with our hosts I'm sorry Jeez. with our guests um, today uh, Ryan Crawl, the uh, editor of the Halos Network um, on WordPress, uh, Wordpress.com um, we're gonna get into him with about you know the pennant race and, and the angels, uh, what they need to do to get in. You know, we'll get into all of that uh, as far as how many games back we are, and the teams ahead of us and whatnot. Um, but recently, in the recent week that we the last spoke, we the angels. You know, we took two out of three from Houston, which was was crucial. I'll talk about another team that's seriously dropping right now is Houston. Man, they they have they're. Hit some hard times here. We could have swept them in that three-game set at the Big A. Um, Just a heartbreaking defeat in that last finale. I guess it came out later that Houston Street had the flu. He threw up before he even came out to the mound that day. And he's not using it as an excuse. I guess he's saying that didn't come into play. It wasn't nothing that had to do with that. I actually felt worse after. Um, But... He got those two outs real quick, and then all of a sudden, just hit like five hits in a row: home run, uh, double, bloop single. And then, you know, what really, what really got me upset was the uh, play that Featherston made. I mean, that's when you knew it wasn't going to go our way. I, I, right after that play, I said, "Oh crap, this is something's going bad's going to happen." And sure enough, it did. Uh, just that was just uh, <laughs> a sign of the uh, worst thing to come. I mean, how does he dive and making this uh, extraordinary play going to his right and the ball just gets stuck in his glove? I mean, just got stuck in his glove. I mean, how often does that happen? Really? And, um, that's when I knew I was like, oh man, this is not good. So it was a heartbreaking loss in that finale of that, that three game set. Um, we would have been able to sweep them. I think at that time We were, they were taking us two and a half games back. Uh, instead it, we went back to four and a half and, uh, but that would have been big but especially after losing two out of three in Seattle we and the one we did win was against King Felix go figure um, this is a tough tough uh tough uh, three game set in Seattle um, you know it seems like we always give uh, King Felix a, a run for his money every time we go out there against them we um, we got a couple of guys on our on our in our lineup that have had success against him in the past, so we match up well against him for some reason. <laughs> Go figure, though. If, you, if I would have told you guys, pick one of these games that we're absolutely going to lose, you guys probably would have pointed to the, Houston, to the uh, Felix Hernandez game. You have oh, that's the one. So that's that. I mean, two out of three from, uh, uh, lost two out of three in Seattle. And then now against, of course, we're going up against the Twins, a team that's currently ahead of us in the wild card. And we were able to take the win yesterday. Um, uh, big game by Mr. Mike Trout. Um showing signs of coming around. Mike Trout. And, uh, Mr. Mike Trout here right there with the uh, two home runs yesterday. Wow, the crowd Two home runs yesterday. Uh, uh grand slam in the second i believe was it in the second i'm not too sure now i don't want it i don't want to be wrong uh completely wrong but yeah that was a shot uh he uh you know extended it was a ball out in the uh outer half of the plate a little up and usually Mike Trot get goes down and gets it that one was a little up and outside but he went with it took it that way powered it up muscled it up over that huge wall over there by that flower bed out there in uh about right center field, it was a shot, and then the second one he hit. That one was a down, a pitch down, and that thing got out in a hurry. I mean, that thing was a rocket, um, just just a smash. And uh, uh, good game by him. I think Featherston hit a home run yesterday. Shockingly, I don't have any confidence in him at the plate, but yesterday he came through. and The Angels hit four home runs in yesterday's game and were able to take the win big win because we're playing against a team that's ahead of us so we're able to gain like significant ground on these guys and um whenever whenever that happens you know you're you're um um, whenever that happens whenever your team is able to jump get a victory against a team that you're battling against man that's not only not only uh not only do do you get confidence like cool man you know let's but in the standings, you make up significant ground, and we're only a game, I believe, a game back from then. So, you know. Um, I'm going to start trying to get a hold of Mr. Ryan Crow here, trying to get him ready um, uh, for uh, the interview that we're setting up. I tried to get him last week. Um, certain circumstances. circumstances uh, You know, it doesn't allow people to jump on. Um, Half of the reason why I didn't have people on the first two podcasts that I had. And I'll repeat myself again. I I only had 30 minutes. And uh, now I'm at, I can go as long as I want. And I didn't want to have people come on here. And then I have to rush them. And, uh, you know, um, so now it's like, man, I can do whatever I want. (laughs) So I'm going to do it. Um, so I'm gonna. Our, our, seems like Ryan's ready. I'm gonna give him a call. We're gonna jump in. I'm gonna jump in with him on just where we're at. Uh, jump on the phone with him, um, and we're gonna talk about our situation right now. Um, you know, just, just the things that that we need to do to 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 to, to get in and 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 make a significant run. Um, so here we go. We're gonna we're gonna give him a call, and uh, Mr. Ryan Crowley, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's get it started here. Let me just uh, make sure this is. Yeah, let's pause. Let's give Ryan a call, and you guys will probably hear the phone ring. So never never mind that. All right. <laughs> they're waiting oh okay we might have to do this a different way ladies and gentlemen here we go a lot of dead noise I'm sorry I will get him on even if I have to use a different system Um, with the whole the way I do the podcast um, we'll hold on for a little bit he's going to open another another link to get it on Um, you know what I'm gonna tell him to call in and we'll get it going that way okay so the thing is with my podcast I do it all from my computer I do have a like a uh, mixer uh, system in front of me and what I do is what ends up happening he calls in uh, through a through the uh, Usually what we do is we go through Messenger and he calls through Messenger or we, or you know, I, sometimes I use Skype and we Skype the call in and it and it works because the, um, the audio from either Skype or Messenger or, or any kind of um, audio voice calls sounds better through the computer rather than me call him on my phone and then you guys picking up my phone audio on the microphone. That sounds horrible and uh, you won't be able to hear him. So i've done a couple obviously uh, hand Dog sounded pretty good last week and uh the one the interview i did with jason kroom was over the phone because you guys had to pick up the audio through my phone or the audio from my phone into the microphone on the computer here and that sounded it sounded okay um the situation was uh kroom dog wasn't he was on location when i called him so it was it was uh it was you could still hear him but i'd rather do it through the actual like a uh, voice call through the social media or Skype or it's, it just sounds better. And so and I've done I've done uh, voice calls on uh on my wrestling podcast that I do and it sounds great. So we'll get Ryan going. He's doing his his part to be able to connect that way and if we can't, then we'll just do it the uh we'll jimmy rig it and we'll do it the good old fashioned way we'll use my phone. So <laughs> we'll get into that with him. Something I do want to talk about, though, before we get into with Ryan was uh, what do you guys all think about the uh, Jared Weaver situation with Seager? That, that one was, um, I don't know, uh, me being a former baseball player and a pitcher at that, um, I could see how frustrating it could be when a guy, you know, Weaver in his own way is to blame. <laughs> you know, he just wanted to, he's in the box. I'm gonna, he's one of those, he wanted to be that opportunist guy that he's in the box, I'm going to pitch it which is fine, it's, it's it's all within the rules of the game. If the guy's in there, both feet are on the box, you can throw the ball. Um, however, however, uh, Seager taking super offense to it, taking his time, being an antagonist, just kind of holding his, you know, hold on, holding his arm up, being, you know, taking his time. And then I think he told him to F off and when I'm effing ready, <laughs> oh, that, I would have done the same thing, uh, to be honest with you. Um, both are to blame a little bit, you know. It's one of those unwritten rules of the game where you know you need to be respectful and and all that. So from both sides looking at it, from both sides, you kind of you're like, okay, well, in a way, this guy is kind of right, in a way, this guy's kind of right. But it's one big whole uh, <laughs> situation that was obviously entertaining for everybody to see. Um, Would have liked to have seen we were staying a little longer. That was one of the games that we lost. Um, you know, Lately Weaver's been pitching pretty good. He hasn't been. Uh, he's been spotting his pitches pretty, pretty good, pretty well, um, and that's where Weaver's honestly has become in the last. Maybe in this last, even this year. I, mean, I think this is when it really started last year, we noticed a decrease in velocity. Um, yeah, last year we we witnessed a decrease in ve- velocity, but it wasn't. How do I say it? It wasn't. Um, it wasn't like it is now um he ended up winning 18 games for us last year I'm sorry if you guys are hearing all this um I have the uh my Facebook page up on open because I need it I, I go to it for reference but anyway not to get too far off topic um he still ended up winning 18 games for us last year he was a big game pitcher and now um I think Garrett Richards is the number one guy I think Garrett Richards uh if we were to make it into that one game playoff starts that game for us um Depending on the situation, of course, I mean, I think if we're towards the end of the year and we're not we don't have it locked in and we need to win the last two or three games, then and we're going to need Garrett to win one of those games. And, you know, obviously our number two is going to have to be Jay Weave. Um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Weaver, what he's done for for us as a team and, and, and just the professional. Oh, there's Ryan here. So we're going to answer the call for Ryan and welcome uh, welcome him on board. So let's answer this call. hello Ryan can you hear me Ryan Ryan okay we're having a little bit of difficulty he did, was able to call me let me give him a call and I'll do it that way how's that how's that, how's that? Yeah, there you go. let me give Ryan a call my turn to call him back Ryan can you hear me Ryan, Ryan, can you hear me? Ryan, I'm gonna end this call. I'll give him another call right now. This, yes. here we go. I don't know what <phone> ring is. Maybe I have to call him. Hello, Ryan. Can you hear me, bud? Ryan. Hello, hello? I don't think you can hear me. Let's see. Oh, well, I end up doing this. I'll try to give him a... He hears me, but his microphone needs to be set right. (laughs) Okay, hold on. You know what I'll do is I'll end this. I'll end the call. Um trying to trying to get it situated here. Bear with us here. And you know, if we have to we'll do it the old fashioned way. And just use the telephone. So we'll, we'll see what happens here. We'll see where, what's going. He hears me loud and clear, but he doesn't. So going back to Jared Weaver, um, it's one of those deals where, you know, come playoff time, you know, he's still going to have to pitch big games for us. You know, and uh, I'm okay with that if if he's able to locate his pitches, if, he, if he's able to, to control uh, his spots, which is huge. I mean, you know, one guy who comes to mind it was like that later in his career or actually his whole career probably was greg maddox the guy never never overpowered anybody but what he was able to do was go you know left to right up and down here's uh, ryan one more time let's see let's see if this works hello ryan hello hey there you are hey how's it going good man uh you know all this whole podcast thing dude uh getting audio up or whatever it's always kind of difficult or kind of weird kind of tricky so um thank you for jumping on with me man i was trying to get you for a couple of weeks and finally was able to to get you to come on man thanks for joining me today yeah no problem <laughs> cool man i was just uh actually just i don't know if, uh, I, I you posted something i believe on the halos network about it uh, i was just talking about the jared weaver situation the uh the whole throwing a Seager, Seager thing. What do you think about that? How how that all went down? What do you, what are your, what are your takes on it?
2: Um, honestly, as, as a former pitcher, I was completely on Weaver's side on that one. It was like, we need to get going here. And Seager was just like, if you notice the way that he put his hand up in the umpire's face, it was a little bit, I mean, I took that as being a little bit disrespectful and kind of showing up the umpire, you know i don't know if anybody pointed that out really but i i was totally on weaver's side on that one it's like you know it's it's we need to get going we need to get this pitch you know you're in the batter's box you're
1: open game absolutely that's exactly what i said i said you know i used to pitch uh, at a high level i pitched in college and um uh, had a had a guy have done that to me i would have definitely I would have done the same thing, you know. He had both feet, in, he had both feet in. I'm ready to go. I'm gonna throw the rock, you know. And uh, yeah, it, it was kind of uh, he was we see being kind of an antagonist, just kind of taking his time too after the whole situation, just taking his time, and then you know, of course, cussing at him didn't didn't help things any, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, man,
2: Mueller is not somebody that you're gonna mess with in that situation. I mean, he's gonna get you.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Ask Carlos Guillen. You know that <laughs> <laughs> anyway um again dude thanks for coming on um i first i want to start off by um you know you telling us about yourself obviously i i know you from man from back in the day from you know myspace days and all that stuff man we've one of the originals from uh a couple of the old angels uh groups on the uh, social media um, oh, yeah but if you can just you know tell us your background and you know uh, tell us a little bit about yourself man
2: I am actually um, primarily uh, working in the film industry off and on um, the whole uh, social media angel side of me has always been sort of like a side thing and um, the writing aspect on that end of it um, that, that presence online has kind of popped up in the last couple of years because it was actually Eric Valenciano yeah. that talked me into uh, writing um, about sports. Right, right. Because I've mostly, mo- most of my writing has been uh, in the film industry uh, for, I want to say, almost 10 years. Um, And that's basically what my primary profession is. That's what I went to school for. Um, I attended Orange Coast College. um, And then I audited at Chapman University because one of my buddies who is now in the industry, actually a couple of my buddies who are deep in the industry too, um, uh, one of them attended there. And so because of that, uh, a group of us were able to attach ourselves onto productions over there. And so I got like, I got a formal university film education for free. Pretty sweet, much. <laughs> sweet. You know, and then, um, after that, I, uh, helped run a film production company, um, which is where I basically got almost all of my writing credits and also did, you know, some behind camera, uh, camera work, um, as well. And kind of discovered my, um, my love for the writing aspect of it. I had to kind of go through the motions and try everything out to decide exactly what I wanted to do in the industry. Because in the film industry, if you want to be a writer, but then you end up on a camera crew and you do that for work over and over again, that's what you're going to become known as.
1: You're stuck pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: If you want to change positions, you have to start all over again because it's union. Okay. So if you join the, the electrician's union on a lighting crew, that's your career. That's right. what you're
1: going to do. Right, yeah. right. Well, that's and, cool. That's cool, man. Like, so as far as the film industry, you're, um, like, what kind of projects did you work on? Or, or what, what exactly, you know, uh, are you working on anything right now? Or, or is it pretty much just, you know, as it goes?
2: I've actually been taking uh, somewhat of a break from it okay. because um, the, the, the company, the film production company that I was helping run, uh, it uh, didn't last and um, I put a lot into it and so I kind of decided to take a break from it and uh, along the way, um, my two of my closest buddies have actually uh, given me projects to sort of look over. I've been sort of like a, a man behind the curtain, if you will. Right. Um, receiving screenplays and production packages and things like that and going over them and giving notes, you know, a one rewrite on a, on a film production right now was based entirely on my notes. Wow. Yeah. So it's like I've been in playing that role for the past couple of years um, on, and these are all feature films that are, that are being made.
1: Sweet, man.
2: Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of been what I've been doing in the film industry, the last couple years, um, and at the same time, I also, um, as far as the sports writing aspect, I um, I write for uh, LA Sports Hub, and also for LA Angels Insider. Right, right. And, and of course, I I started my my Halos Network blog, you know, in doing that on the side.
1: Yeah, you guys, you know, when you when you contacted me or when I contacted. Contacted you over writing and stuff, and you gave me the opportunity to jump on Halos Network, man. I think that's it was. An, I I thank you for that opportunity, and I know I don't, I don't go on there and, and write as many pieces as I'd like with the busy schedule that I have and whatnot. But I think that it was such a good idea to start the Halos Network. I think it's like a um, you're able to for a fan. You know, you want more insider information, not so much insider information, but you want more information than what you get from just a regular, um, social media angel site or uh, there's much more. And there's a lot of, you know, you, yourself and Aaron, you guys jump on there and, and do game reviews and, and stuff like that. How, what, what made you, what made you like say, you know what, I want to do this. Um, I think,
2: I think it was because, um, the, uh, the LA sports Hub website was going through a major overhaul. And um, that's where I was getting my biggest exposure uh, because LA, Ho- LA Sports Hub is one of the top um, websites on the fan-sided network. Right. Uh, we even reached number one about a month ago that's on the awesome. entire fan-sided network.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah. And over the winter, though, they went through an overhaul to the point where I was the only staff on L.A. Sports Hub.
1: Oh wow, <laughs> pressure.
2: Yeah, and they didn't pressure me to publish anything, and I think I published like two articles. Right. And one of them was like a running post as far as like transactions and things like that, little tidbits. Right, right. Not really an article, more like an a MLB trade rumors, you know, bullet points and then that's it. Right, right. Quick, quick hits, as they like to call it. Right. And, um. And while that was happening, I was like, you know, I'm kind of wondering if I could do something like this on my own. And so I i, um, I did a lot of research, a lot of brainstorming as far as like what kind of template I want to get. That was the biggest thing was figuring out what kind of template I want to use because I wanted to do something different. Right. And what I realized was I could do sort of a hybrid uh, the the MLB trade rumors template, right? With the usual blogging template, like LA Sports Hub, and I can combine the two and even make it a little more visual,
1: right? Right.
2: You know, throw video clips that are embedded on Twitter, yeah, you know, things like that. And so it took a uh, several months, and I I actually. I've worked on this thing so much that I actually don't remember <laughs> exactly when yeah. I decided to do it, like to, to publish the site right. and started writing on it.
1: Right. And it's it's cool because you can tell like it, it pops out at you, you know, it's 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 one of those you click on it and it's a really well designed and, and the fact that you can just scroll now almost like a, it reminds me kind of like when you would jump onto MySpace and you would just see all the bam, 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 you know, like you jump on and you, you can see a piece or you can see an article or you can see over here. Like, I like, I like the fact that you, to the side, you have, you know, links to um, Twitter and, 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 and Facebook and stuff like it's a quick hit, like, cool, I can jump to this and that. I yeah. thought that was a great idea.
2: Ooh. Yeah. Well, I, I've also been uh, experimenting a lot with, uh, where things should go. Cause, um, I've added a whole bunch of links, um, to keep track of like the schedule the results, right? Um, video clips. There's a Fox Sports West link now.
1: Yeah, I did it, see that. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I and I'm experimenting with whether it should go in the sidebar or in you know or be a post itself each week or something like that. Yeah. Uh, adding stuff like that, I think, also would make it really fun. Right now, I'm just, I'm really. Um, Wrapping my head around exactly where all this stuff should go on the site.
1: Right, right. <laughs> constantly,
2: <laughs> constantly messing with it.
1: <laughs> no, and it's, and it's cool because, you know, you're, you're, you're able to, to make it the way you like it, you know, and then, uh, right. get feedback from people. I think, you know, when, when you're able to see your, your, th- your, your product in front of you, and then you're like, okay, maybe I want to move it here, move it there. I can see how that's like, it can strain on you after a while. So, yeah. um, yeah. Do uh, as far as uh, the writers on the staff, I you know you, I'm a writer on there, and Aaron and yourself. What uh, how did you find Aaron? Like uh, Aaron's a really uh, smart dude, man. From he's a pretty hardworking guy. As far as you know, from what I read, I mean he he, he puts out some really good pieces.
2: If I remember correctly, he was a member of the uh, Old Angels Fans Unite group. Right. Right. Yeah, and he. I think, I think it was when I was uh, when I got back on Facebook because I was off of Facebook for a couple of years. Right. Yeah, and um, when I came back and I was trying to, I was taking back ownership of the group because my brother, JJ, he um, um, was running it, and I decided to take back ownership <laughs> and you know, right. clean it up and all this stuff because you know how the internet goes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. um he was on there actually and uh, he was making all kinds of really smart, intelligent comments which is like exactly what I was looking for.
1: Right, right, he, right.
2: That's always been my target audience with, with those groups and with my blog is to sort of try try to tap into that audience that that likes to talk about the analytics and you know and not so much about oh here's a picture of me at the ballpark kind of thing,
1: <laughs> right? Know? Right. And
2: I'm not against that or anything. It's just that this just that's just the target audience, you know, that I'm looking for. And Aaron was like exactly that. And so when I was uh, thinking of doing the blog and uh, making, uh, you know, just doing this overhaul. Um, I think if I remember correctly, I, I asked him, I just straight up asked him, right, right, to think, and and uh, he agreed, and you know he's been doing the um, the game previews, and then he started uh, he took over the game recaps because I was doing um just sort of a, a reblogging of of uh, of game recaps from. Alvin Gonzalez and right. Jeff Fletcher and uh, sometimes Mike DiGiovanna. Right, right. Yeah, and I do like I, I put up a thumbnail and a summary, and then embed the Twitter, you know, or the the tweet of the article, and then you just go there. Right, right. I, 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 even I don't have the time to do all of these articles. Right. You know, you know that that's one thing that I, I that's always in the back of my mind is the fact that there's still not. A whole lot of original content right but that has a lot to do with you know the fact that I even I have my schedule and not a lot of time to really go into that stuff because I research the right. crap out of everything I write
1: right and that and the same thing with me you know like like you said our schedules are, are so busy you know I, I know for me like I get home and I either gotta I have my kids are playing ball and and I got you know I do this and that and it's like I don't run around and for me, uh, a lot of my pieces like I get so um, I write it down. I have to write it down on paper. for I'm old fashioned man. I went to journalism. I was a journalism major, and in uh, 1999. <laughs> so, you know, cool. old school. I'm right. I write it down. I go over it. Then I start type it up. And then once I type it up, I have to go over it again. And then you know it's it's one of those deals where, I. For, in order for me to feel good about a piece that I write, I want to go over over it and over it again. And sometimes, you know, I'll write something I don't like it and then I end up just not having time to do it, you know. But Aaron, you know, I mean, he carries a lot of the load, and that's, I mean, but he does a good job, you know. I mean, yeah. you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's always on there.
2: Yeah, I, if you ever wonder how I come up with all these stats and all these things that were they that just come out of nowhere you know it's because of all the research that i do in the writing that i do yeah you know it's not just like i <laughs> i mean sometimes i'll just google it in the middle of an argument and be like haha right,
1: right 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 you know? but it's cool to, it's cool that you in your process you run into a certain stat that you that, that you can just pop out at somebody that's freaking awesome dude i like that you know yeah. so, and if i'm
2: wrong you know then I'm wrong, <laughs> right? But if, but you know how you've seen me for the past I don't know how many years it's been. When I get an argument, I do I do tend to get a little. Um, uh, I, I I'm I know I know this is what it is. You know, <laughs> and I'm gonna find it. Right, you know? right.
1: <laughs> no, but you know, you you do enough research to where you're like, no, I'm I'm pretty damn sure I'm right. You know, so hey, go for it, man. It is what it is. <laughs>
2: So. How long has it been? Though I can't remember exactly what year I got on to um, to MySpace Ooh, and, and man. got involved with the social media, it's, with the angel social media.
1: It's been, it's dude. I've known you uh, on the social media aspect or side of it, dude. I've not personally, we've never met, but mm-hmm. I feel like I know you really well, dude. Because um, dude, it, it must have been what. 2005 maybe? Am I I could be wrong. I don't know. 2006 right around there because I
2: remember around there because yeah. I remember it it has to be 2005 or 2006 because yeah. I remember getting in so many arguments yeah. with
1: fans. Oh yeah, like, it was also we had a it was Halo's Nation and then I don't know if you were on uh, I think it was California Baseball
2: yeah, I, I got on there. I yeah. I got on there a bit late. I I think I got on there like 2008.
1: Yeah, I but I remember there was a few people that stood out to me back then, and it was it was you and uh, Andrew Wilson, mm-hmm. cool. and uh, obviously Eddie, who ran, who still runs Tales Nation on Facebook, but back then MySpace. It was you uh, and and Andrew. I remember just you guys would bring up points that I was like impressed with and I was like okay these guys know what's up you know and then of course we would have people who go on there to just just talk whatever but then I just remember you guys and then I mean it's crazy how long it's been how like it just has carried over to like almost a decade you know it's been almost 10 years
2: yeah crazy you know one I remember too is remember Freddie
1: oh Freddie uh Freddie yeah yeah uh Freddie Juan Kenobi I think is what he went by on MySpace yeah yeah, Freddie. Well, I haven't I haven't heard from him in a while. Um, not sure if I yeah, even talked to him on Twitter last week. So, oh, so he's he's pretty much on Twitter now. God, I don't know if he has a Facebook. I, I, you know what? He might still be my friend on there. It's been I've you know I don't even keep track of friends or whatnot. But yeah, yeah. man. For I remember Freddie too. There, um, there's someone else I'm leaving out too. I just I I, I don't remember um, everybody. But there was that key group of people that just are still kind of around. You know.
2: And There's also Jose.
1: Oh gosh! Dude. Oh my God! I haven't heard from Jose in, in a long time. He's a uh, Halo Space, right? Yeah.
2: Wow. I was I was a min over there in like 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he still
1: doing the the uh, Halo Space?
2: Yeah, he's still okay. got the page, and I see I see the tweets from from Halo Space. I think I think I think it's one of those things where he where he has them linked, so like every oh. uh, post on. Halo's space page, it's um, automatically tweeted over on the on Twitter. Okay. so I, I see him on his feed or on my feed. Um, uh, you know what? A lot actually during the games.
1: Right. You know. Yeah, see that it's it's been dude. There's so many angel pages out there that it's like you know I've I've had to remove myself from a lot just because there was so many, and uh, but. I I mean if I were to go on Facebook and look at my groups that I'm actually in I'm probably still on Halo Space it's just I don't I don't have really the time to go on there as much as I used to you know so it's kind of yeah. like I don't know what's going on Yeah yeah So anyway man let's get into uh what's going on right now dude the 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 Angels uh what are the what are I mean obviously right now we're two and a half back I think from the second wild card spot And Yes yeah uh what do we what, what needs to be done, man? What, what has to happen for us to get in there? I mean, I mean, it's, it's an easy, it's a kind of like a dumb question, but at the same time, like, I want to hear your perspective on it. Like I've been, I've been speaking about this for the last three podcasts and I'm like, and I, and I refer to it as a cartoon, dude, like Bugs Bunny's feet are moving, but he's not going anywhere. I think that's where the angels are right now, but what's your take on it?
2: Um, I think first and foremost, what, what Mike Trout did last night. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Keep happening. Yeah. And, I mean, not like he has to hit a grand slam every game, but he's got to be a catalyst there, you know, cause he is pretty much the reason they won that game. Right. And they, you know, they tacked on later on cause you know, Ionetta hit one out, you know, trying to, you know, prove that he can start still, you know? And I mean, that's something we can get into a little bit later yeah.
1: too. Yeah. <laughs> and,
2: um, yeah, Trout needs to show up again, and he actually—I saw uh, Jeff Fletcher on Twitter pointed out that he has an OPS plus over a thousand, mm. or, or not OPS plus, uh, regular OPS. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, over a thousand uh, in the month of September. Huh. So he is—he's um, starting to um, step forward, right, and you know carry it. Albert's over his last
1: twenty. Ooh. That needs to stop. Yeah, he he's looking he's looking like he's tiring out a little bit to me, or something so. something's wrong with him.
2: Yeah, he's. I think he's in that stage that Vladdy was in around like two thousand
1: eight. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. I think,
2: and I think he probably is probably Albert's probably much harder to sit down than Vladdy was. You know, because I mean, Vladdy's knees were probably almost bone on bone by then, so it was like, you know, he if he needed to sit, he, he sat. Right. But Albert, you know, he is so determined to be out there and contribute to his team and win. Right. That you know, Sosha has to practically tie him to the to the dugout bench. Yeah. You know? And. I honestly think that this is going to be the last season of Albert's career where he plays 150 games.
1: And and, and, and man, you know, obviously going into signing that contract, the Angels had to know that it was going to happen. But three or four years into the contract, I mean, was this something we were waiting for? I mean.
2: Yeah. I, I anticipated when, when he signed that contract – I anticipated his numbers were going to regress because it's a hitter's or, or it's a pitcher's ballpark, um, and you know the you know obviously we talked about we talked about the air you know the thick air and everything right you know it's not a place where you get a lot of offense yeah you know yeah. And plus his age contributes to that his power is diminished right you know, most power hitters that come to Anaheim go from 35, 40 home runs to 30 to 35 home runs. Right. And
1: it's you know, like, and big a, the Big A is pretty much regarded as a pitcher's part, too, right? I mean...
2: I yeah. mean and, yeah. And so I anticipated Albert's numbers were going to regress. The biggest regression that I've noticed is his intentional walks were actually a very big part of his on-base percentage with right. the Cardinals. Right. And he was actually... He was about as aggressive with the Cardinals, especially his first four seasons, I believe, as he is with the Angels. Right. You know, and even last season, he actually had the most hits to the opposite field last season than he had had since, like,
1: 2008. You think that's a a part of him just getting old and being slower to the ball? I mean, his reaction time to where he's a little late, so he's going to drive it to the opposite field?
2: Yeah, it could be. It could be. That could have been a fluke. That could have been just him um, not catching up to the ball and then looping it over the second base, you
1: know? Yeah, yeah,
2: and so I anticipated his numbers were going to regress, um, but it was hard to tell exactly when When. the health was going to catch up to him. Right. You know, because you never know. I mean he he could he could end up playing 150 games till he's 38. Right. You know, but that's you know it's hard to tell that coming into 2012. Right. Right. Right now, things being as they are, I kind of think he's probably going to be 130, 140 games a season. I think he's going to pretty much be the David Ortiz of the Angels for a while. Right. But pretty much the rest of his career.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: but he's not going to have the same on-base percentage. No. Because they're not going to intentionally walk
1: him like they used to. Of course. And especially, you know, I don't know. <laughs> He doesn't really have anyone hitting behind him either. I mean, it's true. They, they, yeah. We have Eric Ibar batting sometimes in the fifth, in the five hole whenever Trout's in the three hole. You know, Trout yeah. bats third, Pujols fourth. Then you got a guy like Ibar, who I'm not trying to say Ibar's not a good hitter, but he's not your typical five hole guy. You know, a guy that hits behind Albert Pujols. So,
2: I'd be surprised how many lineups out there actually could use Eric Ibar in the five or six hole, just because. <laughs> of the fact that there are some offenses out there this season, and I and I I don't think I've ever seen this before so widespread. It's like low batting average, lots of home runs, home run lots of stolen bases. Yeah, But, I mean, it's a low walk, high strikeout era. Yeah. So how do you counter that? Well, lots of home runs, move runners, so that even if you're striking out and you're not hitting, you can... You can get them in with with the ground out or a sacrifice fly, right? You know, you got it. You know, going back to the fundamental baseball, it's such a pitching dominant era that that's pretty much what you have to do. But these offenses are also hitting a lot of home runs, you know, stealing a lot of bases, and Eric Ibar because the fact that he can still hit two seventy, two eighty. He would probably fit just fine some of these
1: lineups. <laughs> right? Right. Separate. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, just for continuity, you right? Know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. You know, the other thing, the other thing that going back to Pujols, I mean, I knew we knew we knew that he, like you said, he was going to start to diminish. But man, that batting average! I mean, this guy used to be able to hit the ball to all fields. And now yeah. he's pretty much become a power guy he's gonna hit a home run or that's or nothing you know he went from batting i think like in the man like 330 320 to what he's what's he batting right now 244 maybe 242 something like that
2: i don't have it in front of me but he's around
1: 245 yeah. <sighs> that's that's horrible <laughs> yeah. you know not to be expected when we sign him, obviously because we well I figured well he's a hitter. He's always going to be able to hit the ball and put the ball in play. But man to be batting 240 that to me is more shocking than anything, you know. That, wow, this guy's not he's not even hitting not even getting a base hit, you know. So
2: Yeah, and then and and he's not drawing the walks to get on base right. either. So it's, I mean, Jose Batista is hitting about 252. You know, he's got like 30 five home runs, about hundred RBIs and he's hitting two fifty two though. Right. But he's his on base percentage is something like three sixty. Right. You know, so he's still getting, on, getting base, on base. Yeah. You know, and if Albert was getting on base like that at least, I mean, I think I think we could relax a little bit more Absolutely. about him. You know, but it's almost as as if sometimes he he presses too much to get out of a funk. And right. beat the guy, you know.
1: And that's it. That's, that's his nature. That's always been him too, huh? Where he's just, I need to be yeah. a dude, and I'm going to power through it, you know.
2: Yeah, and in and in early in his career, he was he was in the second half of the steroid era as well, right? So he was facing pitching that you know was probably half the talent that, that they have now right. around the league, right. You know, he you had know, Jim Edmonds hitting, I think, I think in front of him or behind him.
1: I think he might have been ahead of him. Yeah, I think you're right.
2: Yeah, and yeah, and so the era has something to do with it as well. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to get too much into um, this part, but I mean, I sometimes look at neutralized statistics. Right. And, uh Baseball Reference, every player has a page um, that has a calculator where you can actually set the run scoring environment to whatever year you want to in the history of baseball. Wow. And it will change their statistics to match that run scoring environment. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Albert Poole's statistics, even even from 2012 to now, if you set it to the peak of the steroid era in the year 2000, uh-huh. his numbers skyrocket right back to those big MVP numbers. Wow. It's weird. Wow. but I mean the era has a lot to do with it as well it's yeah. like it's yeah. the era age and the ballpark he plays in we're all playing against him
1: yeah yeah you're right I mean I'm a bit I mean I guess I'm a bit surprised at the home run numbers right now I mean he's what 35 home runs um, yeah but I mean like you said it's where there's gonna be a lot of home runs and low batting average unfortunately that's sure. what it is <laughs> Yep. all right so that's the I mean obviously like you said Mike Trout has to do his thing. What other guy other than Mike Trout and Albert Pujols needs to stand out in the lineup, dude? Like, who else do you think needs to step up?
2: I have a few guys in mind, but one guy that I really want to talk about is CJ Crone. Yeah. Because this, this also ties into, you know, the trade deadline and, and moves that they, you know, that, that they needed to make. And, you know, he, to me... Is the big bat that they were looking for the entire time? Right, right. It was right under their noses the whole time. It's just that he needed to figure himself out. Yeah, you know. So they got these platoon players like David Murphy, which I I called that one. I think you could even ask Eric Valenciano, because I I called it on an, on a thread I think <laughs> on, on Facebook. Right. But David Murphy, they're going to get him because he's the guy that can lift the team's batting average. So
1: right. That's what they need. Right
2: and you know the Victorino DeJesus thing you know I like the Victorino move mm-hmm. the DeJesus move I I was kind of for it at the time right but then I wonder how they're going to fit all those guys in there you right know, because CJ Krohn pushes his way into the lineup then one of those guys is going to have to get benched right and turns out DeJesus is oh. the guy that, that's gotten benched yeah you know, he's not, you I know, mean, he's hitting like 125 or, the or whatever, but, you know, I still like those moves when they happen because you didn't give up the future.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: And not only giving up the, you're not only not giving up the future, you're keeping that future intact, and C.J. Crone is part of that future. Right. It probably would have taken a CJ Crone and a Sean Newcomb to Ooh. get a Jonas Cespedes.
1: Yeah, I don't see. I've, yeah, I don't like that deal uh, yeah. at all. You know, not to take anything away from Jonas Cespedes, but you got a guy in Newcomb who you don't know what can happen. You know, he could be a, he could be a stud, and then you have CJ Crone, who obviously is coming through now. So, yeah, dude, I I, I don't know about you, I, I I'm glad that didn't happen.
2: Yeah, and I even said. I even said on Facebook, I was like, you know, if if we have to, um, if if we have to even concede the playoffs just to keep the future intact and just you know see you know put the chips on the table, you know, I was fine with that yeah. because I'd rather see the future intact and build a possible another possible um, run of long term success, you know. <clears throat> then have to do it year by year like they were doing for a couple of years. Right. Because they were trading all these prospects away for guys like Brinke.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And how much could they have used, you know, uh, what's his name, Patrick Corbin.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, he went down to Tommy John surgery, but they still could have used him in 2013. Right, right. Things like that, and, you know, so... I'm, I was fine with those moves because you, kick, you keep the future intact. You know, you get a guy like David Murphy who can, you know, who can hit and can, and can provide continuity. And at the same time, CJ Crone was the, was the guy that that they were looking for the
1: whole time. Yeah, and he's he's found himself in his last what three four weeks or even last month, I think, when the team wasn't doing so well. He was kind of that yeah, low think, bright spot
2: yeah i saw I saw a statistic um it was last month I don't know what his exact average is right now since he came back, but um after being called back up, I noticed uh, a statistic where he was hitting three forty nine and this was like in this was in late August right. he was hitting three forty nine since coming back from uh
1: AAA. not bad at all. <laughs>
2: Yeah. (laughs) And I think... I mean, he has his critics about his on-base percentage. But going back to um, the era, you know, on-base percentage, you know, the the New Age analysts, they love on-base percentage, but this is a low on-base percentage era. So you have to get around that. And he has... The premium power that few teams have, right? You know, that you know can help boost this offense in September and next season.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's a big boy, man. He's got a lot of power, especially to the to the opposite opposite field. Dude, a kid can kid can yeah. uh, turn on one too. So, you know. yeah. That's
2: the thing that I really notice about him is yeah. he he seems to be totally. Fine with just going the other way, which is this weird thing that young players just—they don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I got to be the guy, you know. I got to pull it down the left field line, and you know I got to be the hero. And you no, know, wow. CJ—he's gonna poke it in the right center field.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's pretty. I mean, yeah, he's pretty good with that bat. He just, like you said, he needed to find himself. And in recent weeks, we've we've been able to see what he can do. You know, and we show we see showed glimpses of it last year. You know, but. Even this year, like just since he came back, like you said, man, he's been doing it. So,
2: yeah.
1: yeah.
2: And then, and then that era part of it. When I was talking about um, home runs, low average. You know, the Angels are dead last right now in batting average in the American League, Oof. and the Houston Astros aren't that much better, right? As, as a, you know, as a as an offense, <clears throat> but. Going back to the home runs and the stolen bases, the, the Astros, I think, are number one in stolen bases. You know, the Cubs, yeah. low batting average, high home runs, high stolen bases. The Angels, same thing, low batting average, high home runs, except almost dead last in stolen Stolen bases. bases,
1: yeah. And then the two guys that can steal a base really just haven't stolen and Mike Trout and Irick Ibar I don't even know where they're at as far as numbers wise how many stolen bases they have but those are our two fastest guys
2: (laughs) yeah Trout has 10 stolen bases
1: oh man I mean
2: I mean that's that's Mike's social baseball and you know and the guys that are that should be stealing aren't stealing and that's that's one of the ways that you uh, have to get around the era
1: right being able to move the guy in a scoring position and score him whether it be a base hit or a fly bar or sacrifice them over or whatever, you know?
2: Yeah. No. And then you have the Royals oh, who the Royals. are basically built almost exactly like those angels teams
1: um, that were making the playoffs yeah. every year. Sean Figgins era uh, angels.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their offense works exactly the same and, you know, they have, A shaky rotation you know some of those angels rotations back then weren't all that great but they had killer bullpens and defense and the royals have an acrobatic defense and just a microscopic era
1: yeah they're i mean that bullpen bullpen, man incredible i mean jesus what do you think about the angels bullpen i mean going forward what do you think what i mean how do you like it
2: Um, I, you know, I was really, really excited about their bullpen coming into the season. So was I. So was I. You know, but the, the Mike Morin injury, um, the Corey Rasmus injury really, that's the one injury this season that I was like, that, that my heart sank because (laughs) I I really like Corey Rasmus. I really like what he shows on the mound, his presence, you know, and he, was really a major catalyst in their bullpen down the stretch last season.
1: Yeah, he was.
2: Yep, he go multiple innings. You yep. know, and of course, he he started in those bullpen games. That's a guy that really had, could have really made a difference this season if he was healthy in terms of run prevention. Because even though the Angels' offense has struggled so much all season long, you could still get around that with. More run prevention, right? And Corey Rasmus is a guy, when healthy, that could that could easily held teams down in the sixth, seventh innings, right? You know, and right. and turn you know a four three loss into a three two win.
1: For, yeah, you nailed it. And to me, dude, Mike Morin last year was like to me was the MVP of the bullpen last year, and to not yeah. have him for most part of this year, oh man, that was that was big too. Yeah.
2: And, I mean, Joe Smith and Houston Street, they're not, you know, they're human.
1: Well, yeah, they're good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so both of them are, are having a little bit, not a down year, just not as good as last season.
1: Yeah, not dominant.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, but Trevor got.
1: Ooh, man, you know, that guy. I, yeah. I can, can throw it, man.
2: Yeah, if he can, if he just continues his, his development and – You know, goes into next season a dominant reliever. I mean, he could possibly, he could possibly provide a cushion for Smith or Street. Yeah. If, you know, like if age catches up Street or Smith, you know, for some reason just loses his command over a long period of time or something like that. Trevor Gott is going to be huge. Right. Step in there and limit the damage. But at the same time. I do think that they need to get another reliever or two.
1: Yeah. I'm with you on you that. one.
2: because I mean I don't I can't tell you what Mike Warren's going to do. Right. I can't even tell you if he has a future with the team because of his injury and, yeah. and because of his struggles coming back from the injury. Yeah. I think Rasmus is still going to have a place to win a spot. Right. But I think that they're going to probably go after two relievers. They were going after one uh, before the um, August 31st trade deadline um, they didn't pick one up but they did get Wesley Wright on a minor league contract and oh, yeah. he's been pretty good for them in the limited sample size that he's given them
1: right right and you know what the other, the other thing too going you know there was I think they were expecting out of the bullpen this year was they were expecting Fernando Salas to be the oh. Fernando Salas of you know three four years ago it was it the Cardinals but yeah. I think the, the the thing with Salas is I don't, he's, to me, he's always been a uh, seventh inning guy. And sometimes they bring him in in these situations where he's just not gonna, he's not the guy to bring in, you know. And I I hate, you know, I'm not the guy to second guess Mike Sosha, but Salas has always been to me a seventh inning guy. And that's it. Because they bring him in, and sometimes they bring him in the, in the fifth inning when the starter's struggling, and then he gives yeah. up a home run. Or, you know, it, it's hit or miss with Salas. And they were expecting him to be that sixth seventh inning guy when he really never was. I don't know. That's just my opinion.
2: Yeah he um, he I noticed is a lot more effective when he's starting an inning.
1: Absolutely. Yep.
2: Like last season when when they got street and Lauren I think came back from an injury um I think he came back from an injury um the roles changed. Mike Socha shifted everybody back. Oh, right. yeah, and when they got Grilly as well.
1: Oh, yeah, Grilly was huge. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Grilly and Street pretty much pushed all these guys back into more comfortable roles. Right. To where, let's say if Hector Santiago, that's another thing. Hector Santiago's development, I think, hinged a lot on the acquisitions of Grilly and Street because yeah. Socha was able to cut him off after five innings because he was still learning how to become uh, more economical with his pitch count. Right. And he would burn out in the sixth inning, sometimes in the fifth inning yeah. after going yeah.
1: four great innings. Yep. And then that fifth inning would hit and it was over. Yeah. Yeah. But because the bullpen
2: got so much deeper, Socha was able to cut him off at like five innings, maybe right. six innings at the most. And. From what I understand, that really helped Santiago to. It, it lifted the pressure off of him so he could throw five good innings and then probably bring in. He would bring in Salas to start the sixth inning, you know, and he would get through a one, two, three because if you bring Salas in a, in a situation with inherited runners, oh, no. forget about it. Yeah. You'll his own. yeah. yeah. But it, when he started innings, he was very effective and he his stuff was electric. Right, and so he would finish the sixth inning. Then Greeley would come in in the seventh inning, and then the formula yeah, would work right. like clockwork all the way down the stretch. Right, right. You know? and so, the whole point is Salas. You know that that's an illustration right there of how Salas works much better as a reliever when he's starting an inning, right, and not being thrown into the fire. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's not that guy to bring in in a situation where you need to get an out or something. That's that's where he's kind of he's been brought in this year in situations like that. And every time he comes in, as much as I love the guy because I I do think he's a very talented pitcher, but he comes in and I'm like, great, there's a runner on second. I don't see I don't see him getting this out, you know. So you're absolutely right. You nailed that on the head. Um, so looking into 2016, uh, the off season, man, I mean. What's what's What do they need to do? What's, in your opinion, what? Pitching?
2: Yeah. yeah. Pitching, um, the starting rotation is probably going to be the deepest we've seen it since probably around 2006, 2007. Yeah. You know, I mean, <clears throat> this is the first time, as far as I can remember, I mean, unless I'm drawing a blank, Andrew Heaney... It's the first starting pitcher they brought up out of their system that became a successful fixture probably since Joe Saunders, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. I'm trying to think in my head that rotation, any rotation. Yeah, because, I mean,
2: for a long time, they were banking on all those starters that they developed through their system and and stayed there and stayed healthy. Mm -hmm. And they were able to just rely on, on on that for a long time and of course they traded away Tyler Skaggs and Patrick Corbin, which you know Skaggs returned obviously in the Trumbow trade. Right. You know. But I mean this is this is about as much depth in their starting rotation as I've seen in about eight years. Yeah. And I mean, wow. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I think mean, what it... do you do with yeah. <laughs> these guys? I mean Nick Tropeano, for one, I mean, I've heard some criticisms about him, but it's like the guy never pitched a full season, and he's yeah. not expected to be a Jose Fernandez.
1: No, but he's not bad, though. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can you can make him your four or five guy, and, you yeah. know, it, when he's got about three years under his belt, he'll yeah. probably be like a four guy, you know, maybe a five in a really good rotation. And then right. in a rotation like the Angels are going to probably have next season, my other school of thought is well why not put him in that long relief role like yeah. they did with Chris Buchek and Dustin Mosley yeah. in like 2008 you know right. you could easily do that maybe right so there you you figure out okay that's what Tropiano is gonna do then you got to figure out okay out of you know Weaver Wilson um, Richards, Santiago, Oof. Heaney, Shoemaker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... That's
1: deep. That's deep.
2: Yeah, and I mean... i I got a feeling that they're just... They're going to trade CJ Wilson.
1: It, it has to be. You, you, you have to. I, I don't... I mean... Was it... What? Just the last year of his deal? No, let's see. 12, 13, 14... 15. Next year is the last year. So next year. So, I mean... So, obviously... You never know though, maybe they keep him around and he's pitching for another contract. I mean, he could probably have a good season. Who knows? But I would I, I'm with you though. That would be that would have to be the guy.
2: Yeah. I mean, even if they trade him for like Pope like Pedro. whatever they got for Gary Matthews, you know. Right. Just get rid of that salary. I mean, I'm I mean, I'm not a I'm not a CJ Wilson basher. Right. But I'm kind of, honestly, I'm, I'm at that point where it's like it's time to turn the page and, and yeah. sort of yeah. move on to the future and, and give guys like Haney and, and Richards and, and, you know, Santiago, you know, give them that push. You know, yeah. make make them into the core of the
1: rotation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, Garrett's got to be the number one, right? Yeah. yeah. And
2: I, mean, I, I still think that he can do it next year. Yeah. This is still only his second full season as a starting pitcher. Right. And you're gonna go through growing pains. I mean last season it might have even been a fluke just because, you know, he he polished his stuff and his approach and the league wasn't ready for it. Right. You know, and now they're on to him this year. Well, he's just got to make that adjustment. He's going to mature another year. Right. You know, and all starters go through this. I mean, Greg Maddox, he was back and forth.
1: Oh, yeah. First, it, was, I, t- it took him years before he was the guy.
2: Yeah. Tom Glavin, Tom Glavin was like, was terrible at, at holding runners. Um, his first, I think, three years, three or four years. I mean, he, he he came up as a hot prospect like Jared Weaver, you know, and then, you know, like Weaver had that hot start in 2006 and then didn't pitch like that really until 2010. Right. <clears throat> well, Tom Glavin, he took like three or four years himself. Right, right. And I'm not saying Garrett Richards is going to be Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin or anything like that. Right. It's just, you know, it's it's not clockwork, you know. You know, Justin Verlander came right out of the gates and just roared his way to a Cy Young award. You know, but that's few and far between. Yeah, you know, Richards, I think is going to be fine next season, even if he's even if he's like a three point three ERA.
1: Hey, that's good. You know, yeah. considering you know, I'll take that. I'll yeah. take five guys with three oh, yeah ERAs in my rotation every year. Absolutely. But even even say we do make the uh, that wild that wild card game this year. Who's starting? I'm, I got to say Garrett Richards got to be the guy, right?
2: Yeah, I would go with Richards. Yeah,
1: because, I mean, Weaver – I was mentioning before you jumped on here about Weaver. I said, Weaver, um, lately he's been pitching good, but he's become that guy now where he needs to spot his pitches up and down, you know, spot them like Greg Maddox did. You know, he needs to be spot on. And, oh, yeah. you know, do you want that going into a playoff game? Do you, do you want to – as much as I love Jared Weaver, and I want to trust that he's going to be able to pitch great in a big game, I think I want the kid with the the, the tremendous stuff, you know, rather than to rely on a guy who's going to, you know, he can be hit or miss with his breaking ball or, you know, not find the strike zone. So I don't know about you, but I I have a little more confidence. And if we do make the playoffs and get Richards.
2: I'm almost at the point where if they if they do get in. Ideally, I would put him in the bullpen. Really? Yeah. So who, who would,
1: you got, Santiago, going in the second game?
2: I got. I actually have Haney. I would put oh, Haney. Haney. In the second
1: yeah. Game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think the kid has. He, I think he has the composure. To he does. You know, maybe not. Maybe not the elimination game, but I think he's got the composure to pitch a game too. Right. Yeah. Santiago is probably, uh, you know, it's like he can be really, really good. Like he, like he, sometimes makes me think of Johan Santana. Yeah, he's on it. Yeah, but then he can fall off the wagon like in an instant.
1: He does. That's his problem. Like you just yeah. never know when that inning's going to happen, and it's always with two outs. Yeah, <laughs> and it's always the two strikes on the, the last batter. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. But I
2: mean, I mean he he's done he's done the the former more often this year because right. I mean his ERA is is excellent for yeah. the stage of his career that he's in, and for the type of pitcher that he is, I mean he he was basically sort of a a number four, number five long relief kind of. On the fence there, and now he's pushed his way into being one of the Angels' best starters over the course of the season. Right. But he still he still has those lapses, you know. But I would still put him in the rotation over Weaver in right. the playoffs. Right. And if Santiago were to tank in like the fourth inning, put Weaver in there to finish the fourth inning, and you know maybe the fifth inning, and then bring in. Tropiano. You know, because Tropiano is definitely not going to be in the rotation in the playoffs because you're going to go with four guys.
1: Right. They're going to
2: probably have Richards, Haney, Santiago, and who am I forgetting?
1: Richard Haney, Santiago.
2: Shoemaker would probably Shoemaker. be healthy by then, too. Yeah. And Shoemaker, you know, he showed last season against the Royals that you know he he do it in the playoffs. You know,
1: so I mean he could be their ace in the hole. Right. It would it would be it would be good to have him in that spot. You know. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, mean, can, I never like, really I didn't think about it that way, but now that you're saying it, I'm 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 gonna have to jump on board with that. I kind of like that idea.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well. And you know they in order to get in, they just I mean they just got to keep. The Twins, you know, they gotta they gotta play better the next time around at Minute made uh, Ballpark <laughs> because the Astros are a great home team, the Angels are a terrible road team, yeah. and vice versa. Right. You know, when the Astros came into town, the Angels were three outs, or actually one out from sweeping them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, I think this series. Something tells me that the Angels are gonna just stay through it because the yeah. Twins they may be right ahead of the Angels right now, but the Twins just they don't feel like a team that's a threat to me.
1: No, and and, and Houston even, man, talk about falling falling off, man. We're they're in that second wild card spot now. And we're only two and a half games back, considering everything considering everything. Two and a half yeah. games back. So I mean, I'll tell No, go ahead. The
2: yeah, the the Astros—they they still look like a team that you had to battle. You know, and it looks to me like they're winning some some good close ball games. Mm-hmm. They're just coming out at the wrong end of, of almost all of them these days, right? You know, and, and what's weird too is when the Angels played the Rangers last time, they didn't even feel like a team that. Was like, oh my God, we're playing the Rangers. Like, yeah, I mean, they won that series, right? You know?
1: And that's what I was totally thinking that when I was writing my notes for the podcast I said, those damn Rangers. You know, we we just hand we pretty much handled them, and they're they're sitting on top of the West right now. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I, who would who would have thunk it?
2: Yeah, and I and, and I'll admit, I I a couple months ago was like, no way, yeah, There's no way the Rangers are going to make it. 13th in ERA I mean that I I mean I would be appalled if they made it with you know if they were 13th in ERA and made the playoffs I mean that I would be appalled by that even yeah. if it was the Angels I'd be like that's that's disgusting
1: well I mean other than Holland I don't I can't name you another starter on the Rangers I swear to God I, I can't I don't they got Martin Perez back Martin Perez that's the other guy that, but other than that I don't I don't no one stands out at me yeah, I'm, i mean, even I'm like what? Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's sho- I wrote them off. I wrote them off completely. I totally did not expect them to be well, how many games are they ahead of the Rangers or the uh Astros right now? About two games? Yeah. Yeah. See? I two yeah. Games. Shocking. And but you know what, we're only two and a half games back, five games back of the West. You think I know this is looking forward a little too much, but you think we have a shot at the West?
2: You know, I've been saying a a couple of times over the past week or so, you know, the Angels are a sweep away from taking a spot. Exactly. But let's say say they go in two games back of the Rangers um, into the final four-game series. Right. You know, three out of four. You know, that's yeah. it, that's all it takes.
1: That's, that's, the, and know. that's, and that's taking that, that, if that were to happen, that's taking it back to like, was it 4 when we went into, uh, we went oh, into yeah. Oakland? Yeah, we yep.
2: had to win it on the last Saturday, and, Yeah, a big home run by Vladdy.
1: Yep, and then the night before, the crazy, the, never expected, Alfredo Emeziga hits a home run yeah. to put yeah. us ahead. How crazy, I mean, I mean, no, that can he's happen again. Been yeah. <laughs> like, like Curtis Pride.
2: Remember oh, him? yes.
1: He hit that, he hit that shot off. It wasn't a home run though. It went off the wall.
2: Yeah. In, in Texas, it was, Yeah, it, I remember that game. It, it, he hit a, I think he hit a double or a triple yeah. into the gap. And yep. and I think that tied the game. Right. And then Troy Gloss, I think in the 11th inning or something like that, hit a home run
1: yeah. to put
2: him in the head. Yep. And that was a, that was a must need win for them. Yep. And, yeah.
1: So who's who's to say that uh, a guy like Tyler Featherston doesn't come through with a clutch hit I shoot? If Alfredo Mezuga can, why not a uh, Tyler Featherston? <laughs> it's,
2: I mean, that's what the playoffs are all about. It's always the unsung heroes, the David times you know, yeah. the, the Adam Kennedys, yep. the little guys, the Jim Lairitz.
1: Oh, wow! Know. What a big home <laughs> run against the the Braves! Remember that? Yeah. He hit he hit Absolutely. it off the uh, with like a camera well or something. Off of uh, Mark Wallers was it Mark Wallers or Kent Merker? Yeah, I, I, I can't remember either. Yeah, but great, great council, right. like little guys like that. Great, great council, yeah, yeah, crazy. Well, like you know, dude, like I, I, I don't want to. I mean, I know I've, I don't want to. I'm not negative, and I'm not overly positive. I just kind of go by day by day, and like I said, dude, I've been saying in the last like couple of podcasts that we're kind of our wheels are spinning, but we're not moving. But I think, like you said, dude, we're a sweep away from really... We're two and a half games back from a playoff spot. We're, we're a sweep away from just really taking a spot, and I
2: yeah. think
1: that's the way we need to look at it. You're absolutely right. A nine-game winning streak cures all. That's Oof. always been my saying. That would be nice. Let's start playing like we did in July, and uh, shoot, we take the West, you know? So...
2: You know, most playoff spots are won on that nine-game winning streak in August or whatever. You because know, most teams are playing barely 500 baseball around those winning streaks, right? You know, and for most most teams that made the playoffs are playing like that, yeah. And you know the um, the Angels and going back to 2004, um, I also remember specifically they were as low as three games over 500 in. in very midway through that season.
1: Yeah, you were very mediocre start to yeah. the season. Yeah, you're right. And
2: they they started 29 and 15. Then they then they fell to 42 and 39 because mm-hmm. they lost Erstad, Gloss, and GA all at the same time. Right and Salmon too. And um, they were 42 and 39, and then they slowly started getting those guys back. So they started hitting a little better, and then you know they started. Pushing it forward a bit. Bartolo Colon had a terrible first half, and then he picked it up, like, as soon as the All-Star break. Right. And then, out of nowhere, the Angels had a nine-game winning streak in August, which also included a cycle by Jeff Devannon.
1: Oh, God, I remember that. Yeah, you're right.
2: Yeah, and that that cured their problems. The nine-game winning streak thrust them forward. That's all it takes, you know?
1: Well, had got you had guys in that in that lineup too that stepped up. I mean, uh, was did we have Orlando Cabrera yet, or was that '05? That, no, that wasn't until
2: 2008. I think. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, no, 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 no. I'm I'm mistaken. 2008 is when he was traded from the Angels. To the he, they got him 05. 2005, the very yeah. next
1: season. Yeah, because I think that was X line X line's last year at shortstop for the Angels. Right, yeah, Yeah. but even that rotation was pretty decent. The bullpen was always good in that around that area. Yeah, Percy, had Shields, you know. So it was an all-around decent team that was able to like carry the load, you know, into the playoffs and get us into that into that spot late in the season, to where we were able to beat the the A's in that four-game set. Man, that was I'll never forget that.
2: (laughs) and And you know what the big difference was in those lineups, Sean Figgins. Yeah, the stolen bases. Yep,
1: being One, able first and third, used. first and yeah. third. Yep.
2: I mean they they led the league. They were either first or second in stolen bases like every year. You yeah. know, and Socha would do the exact same thing that he does with this lineup right now, is he would take all of his best hitters and just bunch them all together in, in the top four or five spots. Yeah. You know, and the big difference, of course, is he had guys stealing a lot of bases in the first two spots. Right. You know, so it's like you can turn a seventy RBI guy into a ninety RBI guy just from that. Right. You know, and that's what's missing. Yeah. You know, they bunt just as much as they did back then. I looked it up because people were you know on Facebook they were like, We don't play small ball, we don't bunt anymore, blah blah blah. I was like, no, I I don't know about that. And so I looked it up and I found that the Angels bunt just as much as they did Ten years ago. Wow.
1: Who? Yeah. I mean, Wow. What a stat. That's crazy. Yeah,
2: yeah but they don't steal. You know, so no. instead of bunning the guy from second to third, they're bunning the guy from first to
1: second. And that, you know? and that, and that goes along with what I've been saying: their inability to score the runner. You like if they if you were to steal, you're getting the guy over to third. A typical ground ball would would score him. Yeah. you know, instead of him just moving over to third and just staying there now, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And they
2: strike out a lot, yeah, way too much. Yeah. With, with runners on, you oh, guys striking out way too much. And I mean, if they could just make contact, yeah. you know, that's, that's been the social philosophy this whole time. He's been there, make contact and you're going to create yeah. something. I mean, you're going to put pressure on them, especially in this era, you know, low batting average, um, Low walks, high, you know, a lot of home runs. Right. You know, you make contact. You got to put pressure on them. You got to manufacture those runs. Yeah. You know, and I mean, Jerry Depoto did a great job rebuilding the pitching depth and beginning a widespread overhaul of the of replenishing the uh, what do you call it the um the minor league system and. At the same time, however, Depoto was, I think, a little bit too into the Billy Bean, high on base percentage, you know, low low batting average, high walk thing.
1: Right.
2: And in a low walk era, you know, that's not going to work. You know, Matt Matt Joyce, I I was I was all for the Matt Joyce move. But so was then I. I so, yeah. You know I as the season went along and I saw the angels offense functioning as a whole as a unit I was like you know there's too much of that bat on your shoulder thing going on here right. and right. it's a station to station offense yeah and I think that that was a big mistake that Depoto made in building this lineup was you cannot have a station to station lineup in a ballpark that is tailor made for action offense yeah you know contacts moving runners small ball especially in an era like this right and if he just had a figgins and you know like that figgins abreu combo in 2009
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: if they just had that i mean geez, man they would be top five offense
1: oh yeah just both of those guys getting on base in front of mike trout oh man Trout and Pujols, I mean, even with Pujols' 245 batting
2: average or whatever he yeah. has, you know, league average on base percentage, Right. He'd, he'd be top three, five in RBIs.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, if, if you look at it now, you look at 30, 35 home runs and, what, 80-something RBIs? Even Mike Trout is at 38, 38 home runs with, what? 83 RBIs. Yeah, and that's there. that goes to show you that just totally proves a point to they're not getting on base. And not there's not runs enough runs being scored in front of them, you know, or when they're up to play. plate, there's nobody on base.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've never seen a combo like that yeah. hit so many home runs, but have so many of them be solo shots. Yeah,
1: you would figure they'd be well over hundred RBIs by now.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could even be leading the league in RBIs.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That, it just proves a point. It is what it is. It proves a point. So well dude I mean we've touched on a pretty much a lot of things I don't know if you have anything else you want to touch on but um, you want to go ahead and and plug the uh, plug the uh, the Halo Network where where people can jump on and, and check it out
2: yeah check out the Halo's Network it's uh, the halosnetwork.wordpress.com it's actually in the uh, MLB blogs uh, network it's it's a WordPress website but MLB Blogs is linked to WordPress, and so because I applied one of their templates, it's the site basically became part of the MLB Blogs network. Yeah, and uh, we—I don't know if I told you this—but um, we were number twenty-five on the MLB Blogs top fifty fan blogs. That's that's August. awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah, you did. You did mention it to me. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, so we're we're getting there. I mean, it's. It's getting a lot of traffic, you know, and and it's a work in progress, and, you know, I'm going to use this off-season to really take a good look at what it really needs to look like going into
1: 2016.
2: Right. You know, and so, yeah, the Halos Network is basically, right now, is mostly an information hub or what they like to call an information clearing house is the technical term. Where you gather information and then you redistribute it, and it's all basically in one place. Like, I have um, one section called uh, Fletch's Reports.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and just one day I randomly decided, well, I'm going to put screenshots of the movie Fletch.
1: Yeah, I love movie. the picture you posted to it, too. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. And it's all Jeff Fletcher. Yeah. And I, I wondered if I should. Tweet him and see what he thinks about it because, I mean, it's basically satirizing him, you know. Right. But it's all it's all his reports on, you know, just everyday things, injury reports, you know, bullpen sessions, you know, all that stuff. Right. Basically in the same format as MLB trade rumors, but a little more visual because I put the actual tweets there. Right. You know, with a little caption. Right. You know. Yeah, and, and, and then I got. No. The Stoneman's layer, right, and I use old pictures of Bill Stoneman right. pitching for
1: the expos? expos,
2: yeah, <laughs> and you know, and then we have once in a while, you know, we got our original content that will will make a part of the appropriate category, and you know that that's one thing I want to do is make it fun too, you know, yeah. do a little satire. I think really helps it too, right, right,
1: right. And I was I was trying to every time i try to tell people about the site it, i always have a hard time explaining it to them because i, I i'm like it's not an official like angel site but it kind of is we're affiliated in a way and i always go to um i always show them like remember a couple months back when one of my pieces was actually linked to like the official mlb website and i said it's they 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 were kind of affiliated with them in a way but not really so <laughs> I like the way you explained it because I couldn't—I really couldn't spit it out the right way.
2: Yeah, it's yeah because it, it's a lot of there's a lot of experimentation going on with it, so it is a little difficult to put a real short elevator pitch right for it right now. But yeah, it's 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 part of the MLB Blogs network, right? And it's an information clearinghouse with a handful of original content, right. and it's very visual more interactive and it's still a work in progress right. but it's a great place I think everybody should check it out and you know get, a, get to know the site and you know and that's well other friends you know.
1: yeah and that's um can you continue can uh, say the website again actually the actual website
2: the halos network dot wordpress.com okay
1: and then on uh, on Facebook it's just the halos network right
2: yeah, the Hales Network Facebook page and group.
1: Yeah, there's two. And then we have the Twitter, right?
2: Yes, and there's also the Twitter and um, the Facebook group is is probably the place where most people are gonna go. The Facebook page is just mainly a sharing page for right. the articles. Right. You know? um, but the group is is the place where um, where fans should go to see posts and other things, and you know, talk about them or whatever. Right,
1: right. Um, Sweet. All right, man. Well, thank you very much. I do, man. I don't. I don't. I really appreciate you coming on and and, and getting on here with me, dude. And I, I don't know. I've, I don't know if I've really told you this, dude, but I really appreciate all the work you do for uh, the page because you. I, I can tell that you really put your you put your your heart into it. And I do appreciate you giving me the opportunity to write my pieces when I can on there, dude. I really do.
2: Yeah, no problem. Dude. I I like to provide an outlet for writers that want to get started and want to get their stuff out there. That's one of my approaches to having a staff there. Is you know someone like you or or even Eric. Yeah. Like Gianna, you know I've been trying to get him for a while. He's a
1: smart kid, man. I love that kid.
2: Yeah, and yeah. he. You know he he's he wants to do broadcasting. I think, and right. you know, it's Hales Network is a, a good place for young writers like him and right. you know, whoever to just get your stuff out there and yeah get noticed and you know so that's that's one other approach to the site too. Yeah. If there's any writers out there that want to get their stuff out there, you know, I'm always open at Halo's Network.
1: Awesome, dude. Awesome. Well, thanks again for taking some time out of your schedule, dude, to get on here with me. I really do appreciate it. Maybe, hopefully, we get in the playoffs and we can maybe do a postseason uh, review or something, man. How does that sound? Yeah,
2: that would be awesome. Man. It would be awesome to sneak in and continue this trend
1: of the unlikely team yes. getting in there and going all the way. We can be the Royals of 2015. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right, bro. Thank you very much for getting on with me, man. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Man. All right man, you take care. You have a good night. You too man. All right, later. So ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Ryan Crow. What a great interview, man. I had a blast uh talking Angels baseball with him. Um Man, we hit a lot of key points, man. That went on and it just seemed like it flew by. I love it, man. And yeah, we're 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 right there. Don't give up hope quite yet, people. We're we're two and a half games back of that wild card, second wild card spot. Only five games back of Texas. We have four games with them at the end of the year, man. Let's cut that lead to like two games, and we'll be all right. Um, it's 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 uh it's I'm not gonna say it's easy. We haven't been playing the best ball, but you know what? Um, we could probably sneak in there and, and, and get in. So, um, just to finish it off, I'm going to, I'm going to end it here. Um, man, I just want a quick shout out to the angels baseball family out there. Um, who continue to do good things on, on Facebook. And I want to give a quick shout out to somebody who actually reached out a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, miss Terry Rodriguez. She's a listener and she, she, uh, nothing but positive, uh, uh feedback and i appreciate that so um terry uh big shout out to you and everybody else out there man thank you for listening i appreciate you guys jumping on and listening to us i'm gonna end it here um that's gonna do it stay tuned for next week's uh podcast which will drop on friday every friday and hopefully we'll have better We'll have uh, somebody else uh, jump on with us, and we'll have a better we'll have a better uh, understanding of how far back we are in the playoffs, and hopefully, we'll be right there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. You got y'all have a great week. We'll talk to you guys later. Hiring.
0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.